0: My wife is here, mom of my kids. And just, it's a great Sunday to celebrate, to remember, to make the moms feel special. I kind of pulled a trick on our staff this week. So on Wednesday, we have a New Life Manitou staff meeting. Do you want to hear about the trick I pulled on them? So I said, uh, we always go over the sermon at the beginning of the staff meeting. And I I, I said, uh, this Sunday is Mother's Day. And it kind of lines up because we're also in a sermon series on the book of, do you remember? First John, good job. And I said, it kind of lines up for us to be in uh, First John chapter 2, where we could talk about the Antichrist. So this year, Mother's Day 2023, we're going to talk about the Antichrist. How about that? And Daniel back there on AV, he's our AV production guy, he just kind of giggled. Taylor, who was on the drums, who is now teaching our middle school, he just kind of chuckled too. But Allie, who's our children's uh, director, she's a mom. And Ashley, where's Ashley, who is also a mom, she's our operations person, just kind of looked at me in horror, and my wife said in this tone, "'Are you kidding me?' And I said, "'Yes, I'm just kidding.'" We will save the Antichrist sermon for another week, so we'll jump ahead. Moms, you can sigh, a sigh of relief. We will not have an Antichrist sermon on Mother's Day. You're welcome. But for all of you who are like, what? I'm kind of interested in that. I would like to hear that. We will talk about that another Sunday, but not today, okay? All right, so the title of this sermon, a much better title than like something about the Antichrist. The title of this sermon today, looking at 1 John chapter 3, is We Are Children of God. That's a good Mother's Day message, don't you think? We are children of God of God. And I'll start off with kind of a joke. And if you know me, I don't really like just to tell jokes from the pulpit for joke's sake, although they're funny and I could usually get you guys laughing. This joke is funny, but then it'll come back at the end to talk about uh, who we are as children of God. So this is the toddler 10 commandments. So if toddlers came up with rules, these would be the rules of the toddlers. Number one, if I like it, it's mine. Number two, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Number three, if I could take it from you, it's mine. <laughs> You're getting the hang of it. Uh, if I had it a little while ago, it's still mine. And number five, it, it, if it is mine, it must never appear in any way to be yours. Number six, if I'm doing something or building something, all the pieces are Mine. Number seven, if it looks just like mine, it's mine. Number eight, if I saw it first, it's mine. Number nine, if you're playing with something but you put it down, guess whose it is? It's mine. And number 10, I like this one, if it's broken, it's yours. <laughs> Well, I have a message for you today about being children of God. And I'll come back to the toddler Ten Commandments later in this sermon. But just a word of encouragement for you. Because I know uh, Mother's Day can be kind of a bittersweet thing. I know uh, some of you, this may be the first Sunday, first Mother's Day, that you're missing your mom. I know some people kind of decide, for whatever reason, to sit Mother's Day out. And so if you're watching online and this is you, like you're just, like a bittersweet day where you uh, are remembering your mom. Or maybe, for goodness sakes, I know some of you in your stories in here, you've lost a child. And so Mother's Day can be a bittersweet day for very uh, many different reasons. I want to tell you that, that there's, there's I wrote it down, I said I, I wrote this down. I said, I want you to know that the relationship between our parents and us, ultimately, God as our uh, Holy Father that we are his children it 's a shadow of something that is only fulfilled truly in our relationship with the Lord so if there 's grieving today because of uh, there 's so many different reasons why there could be about mother 's day, well maybe there 's a certain longing for uh, a heavenly Father that we are his children there's this longing for a perfect relationship with a parent that that maybe you never had or maybe you as a parent don't have with a child or maybe you lost a child. I'm thinking of all different kinds of reasons that there could be brokenness. Ultimately, it's because there's a gaping hole in our hearts for a relationship with the one who has perfect love for us. And I want to tell you about that love today, amen? Amen, would you stand with me? We're gonna read 1 John Chapter 3, verse 1, uh, a couple of verses here about how much the Father loves us, how much we are loved as children of God. It says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Are you listening to these words? Listen to them, not just with your ears, not with just your mind, but your heart. I'll start over. Verse 1, see, the, like, this is going to be the first point, just see Experience what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Verse two, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. In other words, there's, there's more hope. There's more to come. There's perfection. There's, we are children of God and there's a lot more for us. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ, you are in our midst, and we stand here praying to you. Lord, would you open our hearts and our minds ultimately to this knowledge to this hope that we are children of God. We are your children, and you've lavished your love upon us. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We pray in this moment a a special blessing upon mothers, upon our own mothers represented in this room. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, may you be glorified. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. You may be seated the first point is a direct quote from what I just read for you in 1 John chapter 3, just for us to see, see the great love that God has lavished on us. Let me read that again. I have it here in my notes. See the great love that has been lavished on us. And the kind of love that's been lavished upon us is a holy love. It's a, it's a love that a parent has for their children. It's a love that is self-sacrificing in its love. I think of moms, that they don't get the day off. They don't get to call in a sick day. Moms are always self-sacrificing. Moms are always giving. This holy motherhood that we can look towards is a type of motherhood that they're always giving. They're always sharing. They're always taking care of their family. They're always um, giving in such a way that is a type and a shadow of a very godly type of love, the type of love that God loves us with. Let me share with you a story, kind of a sermon story, a fun uh, story. It's called, You Don't Know My Mom. And it's this kid who is learning fractions. Fractions are hard for kids to wrap their mind around. And so the teacher says, imagine your mom bakes a pie. And the kid's like, Can it be apple pie? And the teacher says, sure, it can be apple pie. So your mom bakes a pie, pulls it out of the oven, it's cooled, it's ready to eat. Dad is gonna cut it up for the family. How many people are in your family? He says, oh, there's me, I got four siblings and a mom and a dad. So how many is that? Seven, good job. So the kid's like, okay, there's seven of us in the family. Dad's gonna cut up the pie. How much do you get of this pie. Don't, don't, don't forget, there's seven of you in the household. How much do you get? And the kid quickly says, one-sixth. And the teacher's like, no, there's seven of you. And the kid says, well, you don't know my mom. She would say that I don't need a piece. She'd give everyone else a little bit more. Isn't that a mom? That's that's a mom's love, right? That's the kind of love that's just in a happy way. This is the kind of love that God gives to us, Let me reread this passage, this verse, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. What are we? Children of God. You know, that in, in this same book, 1 John, there's a very famous, very short verse that just says, God is love. God is love. That's who he is. And he loves us as we are his children. Think about the symbol of Christianity. What's the greatest symbol of Christianity known around the world? I'm pointing to it. The cross, how many of you, probably many of you in this room are probably wearing the cross. Maybe you have a necklace or some piece of jewelry. Maybe you have a cross tattoo. Maybe you have something in your wallet or in your purse that has a cross on it. Maybe a business card. Maybe your Bible has a cross on it. Maybe you could pull out your phone and show us your apps and one of them might be the Bible. It might have a cross on it. Maybe you have a T-shirt with a cross on it or a little pin with a cross on it. Christians are known for the cross, and if someone didn't know, let's say someone said, hey, what, what is this cross thing? Uh, what, what's the, what is this, the letter T? What's, what's the big deal with this cross? What does it mean? Well, if someone didn't know, we would quickly share. Well, that's the symbol of Christianity because that's where Christ died. We believe that God came to this earth as one of us. And the great symbol of the cross is that's him on this tree being killed for our sin. He is sacrificing his life for us. Point number 2 is this, we are children of God, that is what we are. We're children of God, that is what we are. I'll say it again because this is a direct quote from 1 John chapter 3. It just says, "We are children of God, that is what we are." In this little book, there's 5 chapters in 1 John. In this little book 14 times we are referred to as children. In fact, nine of those 14, we are referred to as dear children. So I'll read the verse again, our key verse for this morning. 1 John 3, 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Can I, can I speak in stereotypes for a minute? I know you're not supposed to speak in stereotypes because it won't apply to everyone and someone will be offended. You guys won't be offended, right? No, not at all. Okay, so I'm going to talk in stereotypes about the stereotypical differences between the love of a dad and the love of a mom. Can I do that? It's just I know some of you, you you might say you're not going to get offended, but you're like, hey, that doesn't apply to me. I'm just, I think there's generalities, there's metaphors, so let me speak in these stereotypes. The kind of love that a dad has is sometimes kind of like tough love. It's the the kind of love. I think about um, dads like watching their kids at a playground, and the dads just like on his phone. And the dad, if he's a good dad, he could just kind of yell out like things that that uh, he doesn't even have to look up from his phone. Like slow down, be careful knock it off. And the da- that's the dad. That's a dad kind of watching their kids. What does a mom do if she looks up and sees her child on the, like, the wrong side of the slide about to fall? What does she do? She gets up, she goes over, she's ready to catch the child, right? It's the nurturing love versus kind of a tough love. I'm speaking in stereotypes here, but the other day, do you remember uh, Wednesday when it rained all night long? I feel like we need to debrief that as, like, people living in in, in Manitou. Like, that was a weird night, right? Like, we usually in Colorado get, like, a 15, 20-minute storm. But this was all night long, lightning, thunder. Uh, We have chickens now at our house. We're proud owners of chickens. And my son, who's 11... Is in a middle school program and they raise chickens from eggs, and then at the end of the year, they get to bring the chickens home. And so he signed up for two. He built a coop all by himself. When you see Jay, tell him, Good job, I heard you built a chicken coop. He did. And we have two little baby chickens. And when it was raining, uh, my wife, who's here, she woke me up and said, Shouldn't we bring the chickens inside? They're probably getting wet. They're probably just shivering together, all clumped up. And my response was, They're chickens. <laughs> And so she was like, okay, okay. She went back to bed about an hour or two later. She woke back up and was like, we gotta take care of those chickens. Should I bring them a blanket? I don't think I said this, but my my thought was they have a blanket. It's called their feathers. Thank you. And so she went back to sleep. And then at two, it was like two or three in the morning, She was up getting like a little box with a blanket, going out there, shaking off the chickens, bringing them into the house because they were cold and they were wet and they were shivering in the corner and she, as a mom, like wanted to take care of them. How many of you would be on my wife's side? How many of you would, raise your hand if you would bring in those chickens? I see, okay, good job, good job. That's that's the mother's kind of love. That's a nurturing kind of love. Good job, You're, you're kind, you're gentle. Instead of like me, it's like, they're chickens. I was like, in my head, I was like, what are all the other birds in the world doing right now? They're not being brought in. They'll be fine. But the nurturing love of a mother is very special. And I, I'm, I'm going I'm to say something now. And I don't want you to be, make like a big theological pre- pretense out of this. Uh, but I think it's interesting that God created. So if you look at the book of Genesis, God created them, male and female, he created them in his image. So who's who's created in God's image? Both, man and woman, are created in God's image. And when I think about the love of a man, I think about the love of a woman, when I think about the love of a dad, when I think about the love of a woman, both uh, are in the image of God. The, The love of a father, the love of a mother, they're, they're, it's in the image of God, that the, God's love is being reflected in both the love of a father and the love of a mother. And I think about, uh, like, some of the parables seem like this is, this is the mothering. This is a holy, nurturing, motherly kind of love. Do you know the parable of the lost sheep? It's one of my favorite parables. How many sheep are there total? 100. How many run away? Yeah, this dumb sheep, I like, can't, like, come on, man. He walks away, he runs away, and as, as like a dad, I'm like, well, maybe that serves him right. That sheep, he, maybe he just needs some tough love. He needs to learn to stay with the flock. He needs to learn to keep up with the program. He, maybe he just needs some tough love. And as a business you know, person, some of you are into business, do you leave your investment of 99, like all by itself, like, what if robbers come? What if wolves come? What if bandits come? Like, what if they get lost? Like, what if you lose, end up losing half of them? It's not a good business decision to go after that one sheep. It's sacrifice. It's like, like I'm going to sacrifice my wealth, my business, to go after this one. But think about the kingdom of God. Think about uh, if you were that lost sheep. What if you were the one? And I'm speaking metaphorically because Jesus does in this parable. But maybe you find yourself this morning, you would say, like, I'm, I think I'm that lost sheep. Maybe you've, you've wandered away. Maybe you're, you've gone a little ways. Maybe for some of you, you'd say, I've, I've gone a long ways from the rest of where I'm supposed to be, from the rest of the flock. Maybe you've wandered a long way from home and, and from the ways that you know you're supposed to be in. So what if you're that sheep that has wandered off? What if you're in the cold? What if you're in the dark? What if you're alone, afraid? If you've ever been lost, that sense of panic of which way do I go and I don't want to go in the wrong way and and, and is it this way or that way. I want to get back. Uh, and then you see the face of the good shepherd coming around the corner. You see that shepherd lift you up, put you on his shoulders and bring you back. That's the kind of love in my mind, just my opinion, that that seems like the kind of love that a mother has for her children. It seems like the kind of love a mother would have for the lost one, for the one that's run away, for the prodigal. That's the kind of love that God wants to demonstrate himself to us in that parable. It's the kind of love that, well, God loves that sheep, like the shepherd loves the sheep, because of who the sheep is, not what the sheep has done. The sheep has done something dumb. The sheep has run away. That's not a good thing. Sheep needs to stay with the flock, and so it's messed up but the shepherd loves the sheep because it's his sheep. I think about that, and I want you to think about that right now, that, that God loves you, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. You're a child of God, and God loves you. And for some of you, you're like, I, I know that. I know I know that's the Sunday school answer. And I know it's, it's easy to say, oh yeah, God loves us. God loves the world. But did you know God loves me? God loves you. Can you believe that? Can you... Since that, today, through the word of God, through this sermon, I have really high expectations this morning that some of us are going to understand this and get this on a new level today, that God loves not just the world, not just God loves the church, or God loves good people, God loves everybody, God loves bad people, God loves sinners. That's all like Sunday school head knowledge, but do you know that God loves you? I think about um, going back to the, the toddlers, like that list of the toddler Ten Commandments, Toddler Ten Commandments just kind of shows us that, uh, some of you are gonna be offended, but it really just shows that toddlers are brats. Like they, they're selfish, right? They, they just say everything's theirs, They're they're kind of mean to each other. They're mean to mom and dad. They make messes. Like when, when our kids are all a little older than toddlers, or quite older than toddlers now, but when we had toddlers, they were constantly making messes. Like we had to clean up some very unusual messes. Do you want to know the worst mess we had to clean up? And it's probably not what you're thinking because uh, I wouldn't bring that story to church on Mother's Day, but we had to clean up that. Some of you are like, oh yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Uh, but that wasn't even the worst mess. The worst mess we had to clean up was this big tub of Aquaphor. Do you know what Aquaphor is? It's, a, it's a, like a diaper rash cream. It's basically like Vaseline, petroleum jelly, thick uh, Vaseline. The, this toddler, one of our sons, I won't say who, took handfuls of it and put it in his hair, put it on his clothes, put it on the couch, put it on the curtains, put it on the walls, put it on the couch and the pillows. This whole He was supposed to be taking a nap. He spent those 30 minutes just just terrorizing his parents with petroleum jelly all over the room. And it didn't just take the morning. It didn't take the afternoon. It took the whole day. Like, how does a toddler have this much power over my schedule to may have me clean for a whole day petroleum jelly out of the embedded into the carpet? Yuck! So uh, thinking about that, um, like, if you, if you have toddlers, if you had toddlers, if you just know of toddlers... Uh do you still love your toddler even if they mess up? Well yeah, of course I mean of course you do. Some of the best days of my parenting were with our toddlers, loving them, holding them, looking into their eyes, cuddling them, tickling them. Like those moments you don't get those back as a parent or even as I would say as a human being like some of my best moments were with those toddlers even though they're brats, even though they're they're selfish. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter, but it's it's I don't love them because of what they do. I love them because of who they are. They're they're my children. And God wants you to know that today, that he he loves you, not because of what you do or don't do or stay out of trouble, or he loves you because who you are. I have a story, I'll end with this story. It's it's an emotional story, and I think for me it's specifically emotional because it's it's a metaphor for how much God loves us. So there's a teenage daughter, and she doesn't want to be seen with her mom in public because her mom's arms are terribly disfigured, and the daughter, the teenage daughter, is embarrassed. So they go to the store one day, and uh, they get to the checkout stand, and mom's hands come out, and the clerk sees the mom's hand and just doesn't have time to react other than to, to gasp, and he's, he's kind of horrified. And the teenage daughter sees this, and she just instantly shuts down. She starts crying. She doesn't say anything on the ride home. She goes upstairs to her room, slams the door, sits on her bed, just sobbing. The mom, who's a wise mom, gives her about an hour to, to calm down and then decides, I'm gonna... Go up there, and for the first time, I'm gonna tell her the story. And she says, when you were a little baby, you were asleep, we were all asleep, dad was off at work, he was working nights, and we don't know how it started, but a fire was in the house, and it was, it was engulfing the hallway, your bedroom, and smoke alarms going off, the house is hot, she gets up out of bed and sees down the hallway, she can't get into the hallway She sees the daughter in her room, in her crib, crying, and she just can't make it there. And the mom decides she would rather risk her life. She would rather die saving her daughter than to live without her daughter. So she buries her head and her arms, goes running into the the girl's room, gets the girl, buries the girl uh, into her own arms and head and makes her way out through the fire, down the hall, outside, on the grass, she says, when I got outside, uh, the pain was agonizing. But when I looked at you, all I could do was rejoice because the flames hadn't touched you. This teenage girl in her bed then looks at her mom with, of course, brand new eyes. Weeping in shame and in gratitude, she kisses her mother's marred arms and hands. I can't help but think That story is a a metaphor of God's arms spread on the cross, stretched out for the ones he loved, giving his life for his own children. Would you stand with me? I'm going to read once again this verse. The band can come forward. If you're serving communion, you can also come forward. We're going to come to the table this morning as they prepare, let me read one more time this very special verse, 1 John 3, 1. I want you to not just hear it with your ears, but listen to it with your heart. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We're gonna come forward for communion And um, if you're new or you're you're visiting to this church, uh, I want to let you know the the really good news that this table is open to everyone. This is an invitation for all to come forward to receive. If you would say, I believe, I, I want to be a child of God. Believe in Jesus as your savior. You hope in him as your savior. And some of you are like, well, maybe I'm more like the sheep this morning that's wandered away. If you see the shepherd coming towards you and you want to come and be at his table, well, then this invitation is for you to come forward and to receive. We're going to work our way from um, the front to the back. You'll come towards the middle. You'll walk down towards the cross. A a, a small but very holy journey in this room, coming down to receive. The the servers will place the, the elements in your hands. They'll say Christ's body and blood for you. If you'll take it, receive it, go back to your seat and just, just wait there. We'll all receive it together. Pastor Jordan will come forward at the end of this song and she'll lead us in receiving these elements. But let me pray and remind us that these are the gifts of God for the people of God. It's the body of Christ for the body of Christ. So now, Lord, we come before you. Lord, you're our Father. You call us your children. You've made a sacrifice of yourself for us. It's your body and blood. So that we might live, so we might have a life in you. So, Lord, we come forward now to receive the gifts of God for the people of God. Come now, if you can. If you can't, ask someone around you to get one of the elements for you.